everyone. Thanks for taking the time to stop by the campfire. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Summer camp provides everyone involved a great deal of fun and a surprising amount of learning. Yes, it's actually true. You can have a blast while learning things that will actually help you later in life. It doesn't matter whether you're a seven-year-old first-time camper, a 16-year-old CIT, a college-age staff member, or a year-round professional with more than two decades under your belt. There's always a lot to learn at camp. The idea behind this podcast is to shine a light on some of those lessons learned at summer camp and figure out how we can apply them to our lives back home. I hope you'll hear a few bits of summer camp wisdom that you can put to work immediately in your daily life. Well, this one is a special treat for me, and I hope it will be for you as well. Tonight, I have around the campfire someone whom I have spent a great deal of time with. I get to spend a great deal of time with my bride and co-director, Kate Kelly. We've shared lots of campfires over the past 20 years of marriage and running summer camps. She's still the clearest thinker that I know, and I'm very happy she's willing to explore tonight's topic with us. We are in a really unique moment in our lives. Our kids need several things that they've lacked for far too long. Connection with others and a deep dive into joy being at least two of those things that they need. We've all been clenched up for the past year with concern over the virus, political troubles, and everything else. Kate is going to help us work through some of these fears and frustrations and help us plan for a much brighter future. I hope you'll enjoy this campfire conversation with my bride and co-director, Kate Kelly. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the campfire. Thank you. Um, we've had lots and lots of campfires together. I'm trying to remember, how many years have we been in summer camp? 20, I think. Together? Yes. And you were in camp for two years prior to that? Correct. At Danby, where I, I have been told I've stolen you away from Danby. Yes. And I think Jay's still upset with me about that. Well, that was long ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I was at camp for one summer. I ran a, a, a Nike golf camp at University of Virginia. Um, that was something. Right. <laughs> so a couple years ago, we read a book. In fact, I remember exactly when it was because it was the year that we took the year off yes. uh, from school and we traveled with the boys and we read lots of books. But it seemed like the one book we kept coming back to was Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. Right. Um, in fact, I remember stopping when we were listening to it on the way up to go skiing you know, sometime in Maine. I'm like, oh my gosh, what about this? And we kept going back and forth and back and forth about these ideas. What was it about that book that struck you or struck a, a, struck a big chord for you? I think it felt like it embodied a lot of the camp magic that was hard to put into words before. So the moments that we talk about at camp have so many different layers, and that book kind of peeled them all back, where mm -hmm. you have the moments that are giant, like a color war break that we spend all year trying to plan, and that is very memorable. And then you have the moments that are planned spontaneity, like a canteen raid that the kids remember, but we've organized it and planned it ahead of time. And then you have the moments where you're laughing so hard at the table that chocolate milk comes out of your mouth and you know everybody <laughs> remembers notes. that and they say do you remember when we were in bunk 28 and chocolate milk came out of your mouth and that aren't planned at all and that book I thought did a really good job of peeling back the layers of so many moments that we have at camp that make it magical so what are the moments for you uh, you've been in camping 22 years now what are some moments when I ask you, like, what are the, the memorable moments for you? Can you pick a couple out? 
I think every time that we do the rope burn and all of our oldest kids that we've watched <laughs> grow up are in front of the camp and have that time to shine and they're so involved and engaged and the entire camp is cheering them on that never gets old to me. So mm-hmm. there are some moments that every single summer seem to be magical. Mm-hmm. And then there are ones that I couldn't name or place, but happen every day where right. it feels like a moment and then you move on to the next one. Because the opportunities for moments at camp are almost limitless because mm-hmm. the connection and the fun and the joy that's happening all the time mm-hmm. creates millions of moments. Yeah. Do you think that's the what was required to create a moment, that connection and that joy in the relationship? What, what is it a what would create a moment from based on what you've learned so far? I guess you'd have to layer them out, but I think what we do well at camp and camp professionals do, and the reason that kids keep coming back, are the connections with people. And mm-hmm. I think most of the time, the staff and the campers that fall in love with camp say that they're their best self when they're at <laughs> camp. And I think when you feel that way, you're really open to having moments, and you're open to those experiences where you can laugh so hard that chocolate milk comes out your mouth. Yeah. Who is it? We had a, a guy, I think it was Prince William. We won't use his last name to yeah. protect the identity. Um, but Prince William was a division head. And I'll never forget sitting in HQ and him looking at us and saying, at home, I'm not a nice person. Yes. He said he's not very proud of who he is there all the time, mm-hmm. but he always feels good about who he is at camp. And mm-hmm. I think it's that shift for people. For the counselors, it's the first time that many of them are completely focused on someone else's happiness mm-hmm. and someone else's joy. Mm-hmm. And it opens yourself up in a way that we don't typically get at home when you're 19 or 20. Yeah. And I think it also happens in a community that, like a friend of ours says all the time, there are very few communities that are built specifically for children. Yes, and there are very few communities that are as insular as ours. I mean, we create a bubble and we get to dictate Mm -hmm. what's valued in that community. Mm -hmm. And so people live up to that. And so when you say, we're going to be grateful every day and we put those practices in place, it feels different Mm -hmm. than the regular world does. Right, you cut everything else. There's no phones, there's no technology, there's no news. You know, good, bad, and ugly. That's more good, I think, than anything else. Yes, Coming into this summer, um, I feel, and I, I know you feel the same way, that camp across the country, you know, not just at, at our camp, but at every camp, is approaching a moment that is desperately needed you know, for our kids. Yes. You know, we've been very fortunate in the Southeast. Our boys have been in school face-to-face, playing sports, almost a real, you know, like it was before. It's very, very close to that. Um, but most of our families have not been in that situation across the country. Why do you think this moment for camp is so important for you and for the staff and for the kids? Right. I think that we haven't had this type of collective experience before where there's been so much fear and frustration that is shared. Mm -hmm. I think when people come into camp, we spend a lot of time thinking, where will these kids and counselors be individually so that we can meet them where they are and open them up to new experiences and create moments. But we've had a collective experience Mm -hmm. that's different. And I think the camping industry is in a unique place where as 
our country and the world is opening back up, we have a moment to recreate the joy that has been lost for a lot of people for a long time. And mm-hmm. so I think it's, it's partly timing and it's partly the way that camp is set up so that the opportunities to drop some of the fear and frustration and come in and be joyful and play, mm-hmm. it's different than most of the places in the world. Yeah, and I think that there's a great quote, I can't remember who said it, that you can either operationalize for efficiency or you can operationalize for joy. Yes. And I think that's what camp in total does across the board. Day camp, residential camp, you know, one-week camp, eight-week camp, doesn't matter. They're operationalizing. They're setting things up for joy. But you mentioned fear and frustration, you know, coming into that. Um, I know a lot of our families, a lot of our kids, and a lot of our staff members are still, I think, a little afraid of what's coming in because we've been so wrapped up in this pandemic how do you what's the ripple effect for that i mean can fear be good i think fear is very good for us it helps to protect us and there are things that we should be afraid of and change course to Mm -hmm. keep ourselves safe Mm -hmm. and i think at the beginning of this pandemic the fear was very warranted and appropriate and people took steps to mitigate and to take some of that risk away. We're far from that place. You know, we're sitting here today and it's been over a year. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the fear that was appropriate and important becomes more baggage and holds you back. And mm-hmm. I think we're at a time now where everybody needs to do some reassessing of fear. And I think that'll be an important thing that we do with our staff and our campers because fear that holds on too long and past the point where it's productive for you becomes a hindrance. And I think what we'll try and do at camp is to do some of that natural reassessing that this has been a year where there's been things to be afraid of, and there always are. But if we do a reassessment of what am I afraid of? Why am I afraid? How much risk does that pose to me? That hopefully we can unclench a little bit and release some of that fear to open ourselves up to the joy and the fun of camp. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the frustration. I mean, I know it's from a, as being an athlete, it was always a little good for me to be frustrated with myself, you know, from time to time because I needed to change what I was doing. I needed to change habits or I needed to change the story that I was telling myself in order to get better. Same thing with frustration though, right? It, it can lead to negative effects. Yes. And the frustration is real. There has been a tremendous amount of loss and experiences that people haven't had and rites of passage that have been missed. And there are graduations and birthday parties and relationships that haven't been the same this year. And that is real loss. And so the frustration that comes with that is important to name it, acknowledge it, process through it. But if you continue to hold on to it, and we talk a lot about controlling your controllables, Mm -hmm. there are things that are out of our control and Mm -hmm. they're done. And to put them in the rearview mirror and to release them will be a really important way to move on for our counselors and our campers to open yourself up to the community, the joy, and the fun of camp. Yeah. Dr. Victor Frankel in, in Man's Search for Meaning said that, you know, there's a space between uh, re- stimulus and response, you know, and you get to control that space. And I think that this is a time in our lives as humanity, because this has happened all over the world, that we have to look at that stimulus the being cooped up and the frustrations and all the other things and figure out what our response will be. I mean, that's the essence of, of choosing your attitude. 
Right. And I think that's something that we do very well at camp. Mm -hmm. And we'll just do it in a more directed way this summer where we're acknowledging the collective frustration that we've all had. And Mm -hmm. Dana, who is our magical special events director, had a really fun idea to do something where we get to say all the things that we missed and have a day where we get to recreate them. And Mm -hmm. we'll have a graduation and Mm -hmm. we'll have a prom and we'll do all the fun things and maybe be able to release some of the frustration from that and Mm -hmm. move on to be open to new experiences. Well, one thing that you and Dana do during orientation that I think is so wonderful, and and I guess I have to back up a little bit, you know, we normally have a 10-day orientation for our staff members before, you know, our kids get to camp, and I know staffs across the country have orientations, whether they be two days, you know, four days, 10 days. This summer is going to be two weeks, you know, and I think that will give us an opportunity to work with our staff that sets such the tone for the rest of the summer. You know, that it's it's all about the staff and camp. You know, yes. If you've got great staff, you've prepared them well, and they're ready to go, your kids are going to have, odds are, a fantastic experience. But you all have done something um, in the evening down at the waterfront with the staff members about letting go. What Explain what that is. Right. So we've done it a couple different ways, but in the last couple of years, what we've done is given everybody a rock and they get to write on the rock. It's just their own private, personal experience. And they get to write something that they need to let go of, that in order to be the best counselor and to serve other people, they have something that's holding them back. And so they write that down on the rock and then we all get to go up and privately release that. And so mm-hmm. we throw the rocks into the lake and let them go and hopefully that symbolizes them letting go whatever is holding them back from being their best self and serving other people and I think the duration of orientation being longer is going to be very intentional for the beginning part of it we are going to spend time naming our fears and our frustrations acknowledging them working through them and hopefully being able to release them in a way that will be open to the traditional orientation in preparation of serving other people. But I think that those couple days are going to be really important for us to acknowledge that things aren't the same as they were in 2014 or 2017. Mm -hmm. This is a different experience that we're coming into, and we need to work through some of that before we can prepare to create amazing. How would you recommend to families back home who are getting ready to send their children to camp, um, and some of them might even be staff members getting ready to come to camp, how would you suggest that they prepare for you know a one week, three week, eight week summer, however long they're going to camp? How would you suggest they they process through their fears, their frustrations, and their kids' fears and frustrations in a productive way? I think the most important thing is to name them, to acknowledge it, to not pretend mm-hmm. like it's something different than it is. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you start to say, "What are you afraid of?" Um, and they can label that, that the monster shrinks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're all pretending like it's not there, it just grows and looms over you. So mm-hmm. I think the best things that you can do are to talk about it and to say, what what have I been afraid of? Mm-hmm. And what am I afraid of going forward? And how big should I allow that fear to be? And can I shrink that at all mm-hmm. um, to allow me to be open to this experience. Right. I think was it Ricky Goldenberg said that everybody has a worry voice. Yes. You know, there, there's a voice inside you that's talking about the things you're worried about. I think it's important to listen to that. But like she said, question it. Yes. Is that true? You know, and is it really true? And if it is true, was it what, what kind of person does that make me or something like that? Right. So um, one of the things we listened to with Tony Robbins was it's so important the story you tell yourself. 
Yes. And I think that coming into camp, we have to tell our stories that A, it's safe because it is. And B, it's set up for joy. Yes. You know, in a way that very few things are set up for joy. Um, but that fear and frustration can stop us from getting there. Why? Yes. Well, I think, and I don't know if everybody feels this way, but as we've been processing through and trying to say, what has this year felt like? Mm -hmm. It feels a little bit like if you clench your fists as tight as you can right now and hold them and then cross them over and touch your opposite shoulder. That that's kind of the feeling Mm -hmm. and the way that we've approached this year Mm -hmm. is a clenched and protective Stance, mm-hmm. And I think the best thing that we can all do is start to unclench our fists a little bit. So if you're holding fear in one hand and frustration in the other, to start to release some of that is going to open ourselves up to be able to have the experiences that we're looking for at mm-hmm. summer camp. And we were talking about it. It's our son's 17th birthday. So happy birthday, Cole Kelly. Happy birthday. And we're, we're talking about both giving and receiving gifts. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you need to have open hands. And I think camp is a gift, mm-hmm. and we provide that gift, and the counselors get to open their hands up and give the gift, and the campers get to receive it, and we all need to have open hands in order to do that. So I think some of this preparation is going to be unclenching our fists a little bit mm-hmm. and starting to release some of that fear and frustration. So that we can receive, both receive and give yes. the gift. And that's the beautiful thing about camp, is that everybody's giving and receiving joy all the time. And that's what <laughs> makes it so fun. <laughs> when it's funny when you think about the counselors who work so hard. You know, It doesn't matter if you're day camp or residential camp. It's usually the hardest job anybody's ever yes. had. Because you know, they're 19 to 21-year-old you know, young people, a little bit older, like us. Yes. Um, but by the end of the summer, they're exhausted, and they don't want to leave because they've had such an incredible experience. Yes, and I think that's the kind of joy that people haven't experienced at that age, and maybe they haven't even at our age, is Mm -hmm. that when you are a totally selfless servant leader, the joy that comes from that is completely different than when you fill up your own bucket, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can go scuba diving and skiing and, you know, watch all the things you love and eat the food you love. That joy does not compare to creating amazing for somebody else. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it's funny, I, I keep thinking back in my head about the need for courage in this situation because we've all grown used to that idea of being clenched up. You know, and you can remember, if you think about it, what it was like to not be clenched up. But you're still wrapped up in that cocoon because you're protecting yourself, you're protecting your family, whatever it may be. But you have to let go. That takes courage. It does. And I think to just stop and acknowledge that you need to reassess risk is scary because Mm -hmm. when you've protected yourself, you're doing that for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it as I was walking the dog today. If you're a small person and you have an aggressive dog that nips you or bites you and that's the experience that you've had, you naturally become afraid. And that's Mm -hmm. important. That's how you protect yourself when you're a small person and you hear a dog bark and you've had that experience, you run and you protect yourself. Mm -hmm. But when you're 30 and you want to have a dog or your kids Mm want to have a dog and you still have that same fear, 
it's time to reassess it because that fear is no longer productive for you and it's holding you back. And I think it takes a lot of courage to do that sort of reassessment. Yeah, that's a hard thing. I mean, I went through that myself. I was nine years old and I got attacked by a sheepdog. Um, just, and I had just to curl up. But I mean, I had bites all over the place and it took me a long time to get back to that. But my family was so good about just introducing me to a dog slowly but surely and it's, I guess now you call it cognitive behavioral therapy but it was really useful for me to the point we got back we had dogs you know and it worked out great afterwards and of course we've got the most popular <laughs> being at camp you know Camp Dog Mac laying at, at your feet there yes um, so I guess going forward and wrapping this up how can we help families how can camp help families prepare for summer where they unclench and show the courage to, to search for joy I think it's the openness to start the process of acknowledging what you've been afraid of and what frustrations you've had and to name them and acknowledge them and then to start to release a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I think coming to camp and being in that environment where there's so much love and joy and acceptance, Mm -hmm. that's going to happen quickly when Mm -hmm. we get there. But to start some of that preparation ahead of time um, will probably be helpful to be open to the experience. Yeah, I'm a big believer, as you are, that um, instead of glass, our kids are made of rubber. Yes. You know, and this experience has bent us all out of shape a little bit, but we're going to spring right back when things get going. How would, what would you suggest, because we've been in camping now, you know, 20 plus years, um, what would you suggest to the young camp professionals that are listening to this in terms of how to prepare themselves for the summer? I think we have to think about it differently than we have in the past. It's the same base things that we're doing. We have Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We're all still providing the food, the sunscreen, the sleep, you know, all of those basics. But the kids are coming in emotionally, our staff and campers, in probably a little bit of a different place. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to meet them at that place. Mm -hmm. And so it's not going to be the same as it was five years ago on those opening days. And there Mm -hmm. are things that are going to feel different. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think we just have to accept that and not try and make it what it was, but to make it as good as it can be. Right. As of right now. Exactly. Yeah, Because it's a new situation. Yes. And we're all coming at this from the same from the same place but wanting to get to a different place yes and i think using the rocket fuel that we've all created in the course of the last many years of camp and the communities we've built will help lead us to that new place more effectively yes and i think in most places camp feels like one of the safest places to be Mm. because of the community that's built and the security in that space Mm -hmm. that i think that that unclenching and letting go of the fear will happen i just think we'll have to be a little bit patient in those beginning moments yeah and i think we'll have to be patient with the families that are back home you know our kids get to go to camp and get into that bubble get that little cocoon which is so wonderful our families are still back home now i think some that will be good for our families because they finally have some separation from their children which a lot of them haven't had for 18 months right Um, and that's also a scary thing you know to send your kid off to a camp and say go have a good time yes and i think that it's a gift and totally to be able to release and to let go and to let your child go and have that free experience and feel the joy is an amazing gift to give them awesome all right well perfect well we'll we'll end it with that um we've got some more campfires to to prepare and plan for the summer looking forward to it with you yes as usual kate puts out ideas in a way far superior to the way i can do it so i'll keep this short and sweet it's time for us all to start moving from fear to love from clenched to open from dislocated 
to connected. While you think it might take some time to comfortably transition in this manner, our experience from this past fall shows otherwise. Last fall, we invited our camp families to enjoy a socially distanced and masked day at camp in September and October. Families walked in with a bit of trepidation. Once they realized, though, that everyone had gone through the safety checks and protocols, tensions eased and life became much more connected, more comfortable, and a lot more joyful. I bet our kids and staff will get to that point mighty quickly this summer, especially considering all that we've been through. So thanks in advance to all of our parents who will help their children and themselves prepare for a safe and wonderful summer. Remember, name those fears and frustrations, ask if they're really true, and start moving toward the future that you want. Thanks for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll leave a review on whichever service you're using. The more positive reviews, the more these ideas will spread. And our campfire circle is large enough for everyone. See you next time around the campfire. Until then, be good and do good. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support scope.